Before I get started, there are footnote references for all the research that I've done uh, that are in the document itself. And that document is in the show notes along with all the, the sources. So if you don't want to listen to me read this, again, I'm just reading it for those of you who are driving, you want to listen by audio. If you would rather print and read this or read it online, uh, all those references are in the actual document that is in the show notes. So I would encourage you to check out those references because they're they're exhaustive. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, evening, whatever time it is for you. Today is uh, Thursday, the 19th of January, 2023. And I have decided to do something that I've never done before, which is I'm going to read a research paper that I wrote on January 11th. And this has not been public yet. And the reason it hasn't been is uh, the PR man that we have, Kevin, suggested, Scott, this is a, such a big paper. I think that you should read this and then uh, we'll publish it and then we'll get it out to all kinds of sources. So I took his advice and coordinated this time today with our fantastic producer, Don, uh, to record me. And of course, by reading this, I uh, will also give a couple of my own comments at the same time. So just to, to get you into the mindset, the title of this paper that I wrote on January 11th is Setting Us Up for the Kill, the Second Largest PSYOP in the Past 120 Years. And I, the message I'd like to have people take from this recording is that if the people in the United States knew what I am about to share, this whole fiasco that we're in uh, called the COVID pandemic would be over. Uh, so we've got to get this message out to people. What I have found through this research, what happened is I wrote a paper on the 25th of December that led down to this rabbit hole and you'll, you'll connect the dots as I get started. So I'm gonna get started right now. Uh, so again, the title set in us up for the kill, the second largest PSYOP in the past 120 years. As reported in my December 25th paper, what's next for the hospital killing field, death panels were legally restored on November 23rd by the Health and Human Services Secretary. That fact led me down a rabbit hole to discover how this could be. If you have not read that prior research, it is now on our website and it is under the urgent tab. Today's paper is quite long, but length was necessary to capture all the facts leading to the conclusion I've presented in the title. As with any pursuit of truth, one thing leads to another and another. I wish I had not found this answer. Now that I have the responsibility to share is the obvious next step. As I put this research on paper, the public health emergency will be renewed today. That's three years of consecutive 90-day renewals of a non-pandemic, quote, emergency, end quote, created by propaganda. On January 10th, the propaganda machine stated that the Biden team wants the public health emergency to come to an end, but the current COVID threat has their hands tied. As discussed in my December 25 paper, the short-term quote need end quote for a public health emergency today is only to continue bonus payments to the hospitals, to follow protocols that murder patients while providing immunity from liability for being extensions of the government's eugenics machine. 
That machine has given unlimited power to the Health and Human Services Secretary, and he legalized euthanasia on November 23rd. The details of the November 23rd legalization are in the December 25 paper. I suspect the next 90 days will be used to complete details of transitioning to the next level of the depopulation agenda, the long-term, quote, need, end quote. Okay, so the first uh, subtitle here is, did you know government propaganda is legal? This was quite a shock to me as I uncovered it. Of course, we see the propaganda, but I'm going to connect the dots. The Smith Mund Act of 1948 explicitly forbids information and psychological operations at influencing U.S. public opinion. Of course, we know the government never follows their own rules. Look at the cover-up of the government's murder of JFK as the most egregious pre-pandemic example. This cover-up was the third largest PSYOP in the past 120 years and coined the term conspiracy theory to any truth being told about the president's murder. Of course, now we see conspiracy theory tossed out on people like me because we're telling the truth. Before July 2nd, 2013, the government's use of propaganda was illegal. On July 2nd, 2013, the Smith-Munt Act was, quote, modernized, end quote, via the 2013 National Defense Authorization Act. This act legalized illegal acts under the guise of national defense. In short, Congress said we need lies versus truth as part of our national defense and empowered the government to spread those lies through the use of propaganda. The COVID propaganda was war propaganda. Defense Production Act for ventilators and, quote, we all have to do our part, end quote. This media blitz preyed, EY, on our desire to do good and follow rules. Billions of dollars were spent on media to condition and control us. The initial programming has now moved to other false dialectics and stories normalizing deaths to provide short-term cover for deaths and disability resulting from the vaccine bioweapon. Exoteric narratives and counter-narratives were put into play. Mask, no mask, vax, no vax, to pit us against each other using a divide and conquer strategy. More creative dialectics were also employed, classifying small businesses as essential and non-essential while big businesses grew exponentially to reward big businesses' implementation of the agenda. The government causing the shutdowns then doled out grants to the small businesses in order to look like a savior to the 40% of small businesses that could never recover. Why? So the esoteric agenda could proceed full steam under the radar screen of nearly everyone. If you think our government would not do that, hang on. The second subtitle is Health and Human Services Secretary was given unlimited power legally. In her article, quote, biomedical security state and state-run bioterrorism programs, uh, six American statutory frameworks, end quote, Catherine Watt, a constitutional law researcher, explains how power was legislatively turned over to the Health and Human Services Secretary, Quoted from her research article, the Public Health Emergency Framework from the 1983 Public Health Services Act added a new category of national emergency under which constitutional and statutory protections for American lives, liberties, and, 
in property against government overreach and abuse could apparently be suspended unilaterally by the president in consultation with cabinet secretaries without congressional oversight or judicial review and without respect to constitutional provisions reserving unenumerated powers to state and local governments to the people themselves. Public health emergencies join wars, natural disasters, and other emergency circumstances apparently capable of subordinating or federalizing state, local, and tribal government authorities codified in the 1973 War Powers Resolution, the 1976 National Emergencies Act, the 1988 Robert Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Act, 2001 Authorization for Use of Military Force, the 2001 Patriot Act, and the 2002 Homeland Security Act and related provisions. Through the 1983 Act and subsequent amendments, Congress appears to have, and this is the emphasized part, authorized concentration of federal governing power in the hands of the Secretary of Health and Human Services during, quote, public health emergency as determined and extended by the Health and Human Services Secretary at his or her sole discretion. So I'm going to just ramble here for a minute. What's going on, and you're going to see this later in the paper, is that unilaterally the Public Health and Human Services Secretary can implement a public health emergency on his own and ended on his own, and then that gives him unlimited power. And you'll see that as we go through. So how did this happen? Our Congress chose to represent the dark side instead of the people. Do you think I'm joking? How many times is Fauci going to be grilled under oath or senators facilitate hearings leading to nowhere? Words without actions equals what? They are accomplices, all of them. They have the power to stop this disaster, but they refuse. Six of the enabling statutes in chronological order of congressional enactment. This is per Catherine Watts over the 1969 War and National Defense, Chapter 32. Uh, the 1983 Public Health Emergencies Act, the 1986 National Vaccine Program and Vaccine Injury Compensation Program, the 1997 Expanded Access to Unapproved Therapies and Diagnostics Act, the 2002 National All Hazards Preparedness for Public Health Emergencies Act, and finally the 2015 Research Projects, Transactions Other Than Contracts and Grants Act. Catherine Watt discusses how the powers transferred via these laws used against us with COVID. I'm quoting here, the interlocking corruption of the federal emergency management, public health and drug safety laws for the purpose of mounting a covert biological attack by the U.S. government on the American people under the fraudulent characterization of biological weapons as, quote, COVID-19 vaccines was deployed fully starting January 27, 2020, and continues to be fully operational at the present time, almost three years later. These and related Health and Human Services Secretary declarations, presidential executive orders, and congressional appropriations suspended ordinary federal product procurement contracting laws and ordinary federal drug safety regulations and informed consent laws, apparently authorizing pharmaceutical corporations, the Department of Defense, and Department of Health and Human Services, in conjunction with several other federal agencies, to develop, produce fraudulent.
market, and distribute biological weapon prototypes doctors, nurses, pharmacists, medical personnel. Still quoting here, these actors were apparently authorized to injure and murder patients with legal impunity using procedures and products, including restraints, starvation, dehydration, isolation, sedatives, remdesivir, veclury, and ventilators to drive public panic and acceptance of the lethal injections known as COVID-19 vaccines. Regulators have abandoned all attempts to regulate these products and have refused to even answer the question, quote, what's the stopping condition, end quote. FDA and other government's drug regulatory agencies have not withdrawn authorizations or approvals of the drugs, devices, and protocols yet, despite millions of documented injuries and deaths experienced by recipients of the products during their initial deployment phase because the products are not medicines. Over the period of 50 years, our government legally turned over power to the Health and Human Services Secretary whenever there's a public health emergency as declared by the secretary to implement a satanic agenda to reduce the population. The cabal used Congress to set us up to be killed legally. This is the second largest PSYOP in the last 120 years. To fully connect the dots as to what this 50-year web of deceit set up and how it works, the Health and Human Services Secretary declared a public health emergency on January 31st, 2020, relative to the pandemic. On February 4th, the same secretary determined that there is a, quote, public health emergency that has a significant potential to affect national security, end quote. So authorized the Public Readiness and Emergency Preparedness Act, that's the PREP Act, that's the act that gives immunity from liability. With the required backing of the Health and Human Services Secretary in place, the FDA had the authority to, quote, strengthen public health protections, end quote, with emergency use authorizations. Those are commonly known as EUAs. Ventilators were approved almost immediately via EUA. The criteria for FDA declaring an EUA for drugs used in hospitals to kill is as follows. Quote, an EUA may be issued only if the FDA concludes there is no adequate, approved, and available alternative for diagnosing, preventing, or treating the disease or condition, end quote. So the obvious question, how could remdesivir continue to be approved when we had ivermectin? Tess Laurie's testimony shows exactly how they pulled this off. If you haven't seen that, please take the 20 minutes and watch her interview with Dell Bigtree. It's in the show notes. The government's blocking of hydroxychloroquine was equally egregious, and that information is also in the show notes. In the you can't make this up department, after mounting evidence against the use of remdesivir, the FDA issued an expanded EUA on April 25th of 2022, so it could be given to anyone older than 28 days. The final nail in the coffin was the FDA issued its EUA authority for the vaccine bioweapons at the end of 2020. The FDA legally authorized the murder of U.S. citizens. 
this takes a lot to wrap your head around. For me, when I saw all these laws connected right here, that the last paragraph that I just explained, it was, uh, it, it took several days to realize that they did this legally. The immediate goal is euthanasia without consent. The first two steps have already been implemented toward that end. Number one, the bioweapon was added to the childhood immunization schedule on October 20th. And number two, death panels have been put back into place on November 23rd. The renewal of the public health emergency facilitates the use of hospitals to be paid for murders until a, quote, final solution is put in place. Recently, U.S. hospitals have begun asking patients, quote, have you ever wanted to go to sleep and not wake up, end quote. If the patient answers yes, he is marked as suicidal in his chart, which sets in motion meds he would never agree to because he's not suicidal, just being honest. In addition to furthering the euthanasia agenda, this type of thought process can also be used as one of the tentacles to reduce gun ownership. You can't have suicidal people owning guns now, can we? I presume the final solution will include submitting to the WHO global immunization agenda, along with many other nefarious opportunities to facilitate the agenda to reduce world population and have those remaining become monitored slaves. Hitler began the final solution on January 20th, 1942 at the Wannsee Conference and Gates likes to call the COVID vaccine the final solution. Unbelievably, the Health and Human Services Secretary has legal authority to implement the second Holocaust we are experiencing today. I'm gonna go on just a brief tangent here. Many of you have been following the story, know I'm doing interviews with Vera Sherov. We talk weekly and she has stated to me several times, Scott, if people would just say no, if they knew this and said no, this would be over. And we are at least as responsible as the government for the second Holocaust that we are experiencing because we're not paying attention and we're, we're not woken up. So I hope this paper uh, will help towards that end. All right, I'm going to jump back in. Health and Human Services will not give up power. Congress gave their oversight power to the Health and Human Services dictator. He has the right to suspend any law in the name of public health if under a public health emergency. So the public health emergency will continue or there will be something more permanent to replace it. Catherine Watt summarizes the current reality well. Under the lie that a national emergency exists and the corollary lie that duly executed laws have authorized absolute concentration of power in the federal executive branch, the U.S. government has attempted to suspend the U.S. Constitution and all federal and state laws, constitutions, legislatures, and courts capable of blocking the systemic military martial law atrocities that have been committed to date and are attempting to render permanent. End quote. Does the national emergency created by the public health emergency really suspend the law? We're going to find out soon. The next subheading is our government wants to kill us. This can't be true. On January 8th, 2021, Brooke Jackson filed a False Claims Act lawsuit against Pfizer stating Pfizer defrauded the government because they, quote, deliberately withheld 
crucial information from the United States that calls the safety and efficacy of their vaccine into question, end quote. Inconceivably, the U.S. government came to Pfizer's defense from the, quote, the United States Statement of Interest Supporting Dismissal of the Amended Complaint, end quote, filed on October 4th, 2022. This is directly from the complaint. Congress intended the FCA to reach all fraudulent attempts to cause the government to pay out sums of money or to deliver property and services. For example, if a manufacturer makes a false statement to the FDA about its products, and those false statements actually cause FDA to authorize and approve the product, then FCA liability could potentially attach. That is, liability is possible if the defendant's fraud actually induced FDA to authorize or approve a product, thereby improperly rendering it eligible for subsequent payment by the government. The complaint does not identify any provision in the statement of work, which is SOW, for the project agreement between Pfizer and the Army that conditioned government payment for the vaccine on Pfizer's compliance with the clinical trial protocol or regulations. The statement of work, which is attached to this complaint, further specifies that the Army did not regulate the conduct of the clinical trial, which is, quote, out of scope, end quote, for the purchase agreement between the Army and Pfizer. In short, the complaint does not plead factual content to support a conclusion that compliance with the clinical trial protocol or regulations was necessary under the contract between Pfizer and the Army, such that the clinical trial violations would give rise to a claim for express or implied certification of liability. I hope you can soak that in. Holy smoking gun, Batman. Pfizer's defense was that the government knew there was no clinical trials, so they could not defraud the government and the government reinforced that defense. Pfizer produced an other transaction authority, an OTA contract in its defense. This means that the Department of Defense was paying for the manufacture of large-scale prototypes, eliminating public protections, and created no accountability by Pfizer. Pfizer was given authority to create a prototype, not a vaccine, as a countermeasure bioweapon under a military contract. A decision on the government's motion to dismiss is expected in the next couple of months. OTA contracts suspend oversights for safety of countermeasures, whether an injectable or an instruction, for instance, a stay-at-home order. Freedom of information requests are exempt for public disclosures for five years under OTA contracts. Congress and President Obama authorized OTA contracts on November 25th, 2015, the day before Thanksgiving, just like the new death panels this past November 23rd. What I wanna add here is that they do these egregious laws right before Thanksgiving, it's common because the press does not report. They're already gone for Thanksgiving vacation, so these laws get passed 
while the press is gone and nobody is the wiser until they're used against us. As you can clearly see, OTA contracts allow for the Department of Defense to enter into illegal contracts with Big Pharma to produce illegal weapons against its own citizens. The HHS, DOD, and FDA are all in bed with each other, and they are not working for us. They have implemented a bioweapon against the people they are supposed to protect. I cannot leave this topic without discussing the 1.1 million hospital murders. My daughter Grace was one of those murdered. The government paid hospitals $400 billion in bonus money in the first two years of COVID to facilitate murder and create a fear to be able to implement the bioweapon. Hospitals were paid incentives in advance to follow NIH protocols known to kill people. These bonus payments combined with immunity from liability under the PREP Act and the shroud of secrecy because the family were not allowed to advocate for the loved ones facilitated hospital killings. The renewal of the public health emergency ensures these murders will continue at the rate of 500 to 1,000 per day yet today. Hospitals are still using ventilators and remdesivir with death rates of 90% and 75% respectively, 36 months into this horror. I'm not kidding. I do have some comfort knowing those who live by the law, die by the law, and those who use the sword will die by the sword. Next subheading, now that you know the truth, think about it. What have we been programmed to believe regarding COVID? COVID was successfully employed as a diversion to have us focus on something created by propaganda instead of the satanic agenda to reduce world population. Similar to the advanced planning for the current pandemic, the next pandemic tabletop exercise was facilitated by Bill Gates and the World Health Organization on October 23rd. We're being programmed to accept continuous pandemics. The interim goal of monitoring us is also in full swing while we were swallowing the COVID narrative. Let it sink in how the January 6th, quote, terrorists, end quote, were hunted down and why. Do any of the narrative talking heads even know what an insurrection is? Our government owns the software to spy on every one of us at an unthinkable level to most. We have been convinced to trust our Israeli, quote, ally, end quote, who developed the Pegasus software. Have we been duped again? We are a weak-minded population that gladly gives up liberty for security and comfort as a result of believing false evidence appearing real. That's the acronym for fear. There are three COVID lanes that all related narratives fit into. The virus lane, the vaccine bioweapon lane, and the hospital killing lane. In the virus lane, the narrative and counter narrative were designed to keep us off track. First, the quote virus, end quote, came from bats, then a lab leak. Fortunately, Dr. Artis opened eyes that we were poisoned. Whether or not you believe his theory, your eyes have been opened to not trust the government narrative or counter narrative. Unfortunately, the propaganda created a state of fear, duping most to put faith in a bioweapon disguised as a vaccine. The founder of the lab leak theory has recently said the theory was controlled opposition. Virtually all of what I'm sharing here is unknown by the general public. The, quote, vaccine, end quote, was successfully implemented on the shoulders of prior propaganda promoting a vaccine culture combined with a fear campaign. 
The programming followed the classic problem, reaction, solution, Hegelian dialectic model. In this case, the solution was ready before the problem was implemented. All the cabal needed was to create the reaction, which was easy when they owned the propaganda machine. What's really happening? Obviously, they knew the bioweapon was going to kill and disable people. They know the public will eventually become wise to sudden adult death syndrome. This wake up is happening in real time. Is the COVID bioweapon part of a much larger controlled opposition PSYOP to set up an even bigger scheme? Consider that Laura Ingram, within a few hours of the public health emergency extension, had Dr. McCullough on her program discussing the explosion of heart-related issues related to the, quote, vaccine, end quote, apparently not concerned with the much more significant public health emergency. Fox receives money from Pfizer. Is the bioweapon a planned sacrifice? We have already seen amnesty floated. I presume we'll see, quote, we made a mistake because we needed to urgently respond to the pandemic to save people's lives. We won't make that same mistake, end quote. A lie built on a lie. The public has a short memory and doesn't want to believe what is being exposed. Will the next pandemic be respiratory related, cancer related, resulting from the current vaccine? Cancer vaccines are already being floated. The cabal is ready. I believe the ultimate bioweapon will be cleverly disguised and may come as part of Satan masquerading as an angel of light. The mark God told us about in Revelation. Hospital killings are the most egregious part of the current nightmare and the most covered up. Why? People cannot mentally wrap their heads around the fact that a doctor or nurse would murder. Hospital murders have happened before in Nazi Germany under the T4 program. During that genocide, once hospital murders were exposed, the evil agenda continued by empowering individual doctors and nurses to continue the euthanasia program. History is repeating itself. During the first three years of COVID, the two population groups accounting for the majority of hospital murders were the elderly and disabled. The new death panels were put into place to empower individual doctors and nurses to legally continue the euthanasia program once the hospital murder lane is exposed. This was the subject of my December 25th paper, What's Next for the Hospital Killing Field. Nursing homes are already implementing the death panel narrative in full compliance with orders with almost no tracking. How could the public health emergency continue to authorize hospital murders? On November 17, 2021, the Health and Human Services Secretary added lab weaponized COVID to the list of agents that, quote, have a potential to pose severe risk to public health and safety. Does this mean people with COVID are at risk? Is this why people were tested with the debunked PCR test, which were also approved by FDA EUA to set up their murders? In March, it is predicted that a record 100 million people will be on Medicare. To put that in perspective, in 2021, there were 62 million on Medicare. So we have almost a 40 million increase in the past couple of years. That's the goal. COVID was used as an excuse to relax the rules, not for political game. The elections are already rigged, so the cabal doesn't need the votes. 
Hitler successfully convinced people that those who are burdens to society needed to be murdered. The Medicare and Medicaid program accounts for 39% of the federal budget. Obviously, that number is going to skyrocket with the 100 million number. History is repeating itself. The propaganda has normalized euthanasia, and these, quote, burdens to society, end quote, need to be removed. Look no further than Canada's Medical Assistance in Dying, the MAID program. Obviously, the impact on the federal budget does not really matter. The government's fiat currency is printed on demand to fund every conceivable foolish idea passed by Congress. Shouldn't supporting Americans' lives be at least as important as the money sent to Ukraine as part of the $1.6 trillion bipartisan omnibus spending law signed on December 29? The entire budget for Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security is only $2.2 trillion in comparison. As previously referenced, nursing homes have already weaponized and will continue to be a primary death camp as we move forward. The apathy of not wanting to believe that the hearts of men are truly evil is unprecedented. Question, why would doctors and nurses do this? Answer, programming, fear of losing jobs, safety and security. Furthermore, licensing has turned over the practice of medicine to the state. So the state, not the doctor, decides what, quote, do no harm means. History is repeating itself. Please understand that doctors who have submitted to the short-term agenda are doing so because of money induced by propaganda. They have submitted their medical license to the government in exchange for government protection. Is this a good trade? When your older brother traded his nickel for your dime, telling you it was a good trade because the nickel was larger, you trusted him. Later, you found out you were duped and punched him in the shoulder for tricking you. The stakes are higher in the satanic agenda. These doctors have traded their souls for supposed security. We hope they realize they made a bad trade before it's too late. People did not die from poison masquerading as a virus. The propaganda pushed them to hospitals, and the hospitals were incentivized to kill. The next subheading, what else have they done? Can Nuremberg II bring justice? The 2016 Cures, C-U-R-E-S, Act set the stage. Big Pharma was able to contract with the Department of Defense, and everything becomes confidential. In her article, No Need for Informed Consent, Kathleen Sheridan exposes potentially an even greater evil in the Cures Act. I'm quoting from that article. Signed into, quote, law, end quote, in December 2016 by Barack Obama, this law does oh so many things. With hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sections, it's unsurprising that it would do so many things, providing billions for NIH, plus the name. Who would oppose billions for cures? To those suggesting we're in the midst of a crime, we are. Parts of what violate Nuremberg and federal codes, including informed consent, and that we need, quote, Nuremberg-style, end quote, trials, you might want to look, take a look at section 3024 of this act. Section 3024 comes under Title Three, Section C, quote, modern trial design and evidence development. Here's what it says. 
clinical testing of investigational medical devices and drugs no longer requires informed consent of the subject if the testing poses no more than minimal risk to the subject and includes safeguards. See, the quote law, end quote, says with certain provisions that the Nuremberg Code no longer implies that clinical testing of drugs no longer requires informed consent of the subjects. Who gets to say if the testing poses, quote, no more than minimal risk? Who decides the, quote, safeguards, end quotes? Drugs developers? The very same people immune from liability for any harms that may be attributable to their own products? Why doesn't Health and Human Services stop this? The Department of Defense tells them not to. Will the, quote, national emergency, end quote, excuse prove to be the excuse for not proceeding with Nuremberg II? Will enough people wake up before it's too late? Okay, conclusion. What is the largest PSYOP in the last 120 years? That the United States of America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. Our government has convinced us that America is a shining city on the hill. Why? So we would be lulled to sleep rather than having our guard up against the satanic men who have taken us over. Through falling asleep, we have been put in chains, becoming slaves instead of the free men God intended. There's only one way to break the chains, repent and submit to our Lord Jesus Christ. You will then be on solid ground as you stand against the tyranny we are experiencing in real time. Interestingly, Jesus stood on solid ground and was legally murdered even though he committed no crimes. History is indeed repeating itself. I cannot end this discussion without warning about the esoteric counter-narrative already in place, a spiritual Hegelian dialectic. Satan's only concern is souls. Satan wants the evil exposed so he can implement his, quote, good, end quote, side to steal more souls. There is currently a large patriot contingency of people fighting evil with, quote, good, end quote. I say good in quotes because their apparent fight doesn't start with repentance, so you know the resistance is not from God. They are preaching power to the people in Nuremberg too, along with many other appealing ideas. God warns us that Satan has a, quote, light, end quote, side in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. That is not God's true light. Revelation 13 describes the first beast paving the way for the second beast. I will be sending a separate paper discussing this deception in greater detail. The second beast will be the largest psyop in human history. Where are we at on God's timeline? No one knows other than the Father. We can know that where we are at with all the evil we are experiencing didn't happen overnight. Revelation 18.23 says, quote, For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery all the nations were deceived, end quote. We have become the boiling frog. However, we cannot blame Satan. Whether we boil to death or survive is up to us. We have a free will. God's economy includes the law of choices and consequences. Before grace's death, I was like most, enjoying my selfish life. Our church pulpits have been filled with people-pleasing leaders. 
Instead of exposing evil, pastors emphasize half-truths. Pastor Matt Truella, the author of The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, explains, quote, the more insane the rebellion, the more insane the consequences, end quote. We have rebelled against God slowly at first and rapidly today and are experiencing severe consequences. What's the purpose in this law? To bring us to repentance. If we repent, he will save us. It is time for godly men and women to do their part. Diedrich Bonhoeffer stood against the euthanasia program of Hitler and paid the ultimate price. He famously said, quote, to not speak is to speak and to not act is to act. What would Jesus do? What will you do? Thank you for listening. I hope this was beneficial and that you uh, do your best to absorb it and share it with as many people as you can. God bless.